Sound has a power that we all take for granted. It affects our behavior, our physical and mental health, how deep we sleep, what our taste buds experience with our food, and what our minds experience with a movie scene, and definitely what we end up buying. I had a fascinating talk with an expert, audio branding podcast host, Jody Krangle. So listen up to some fascinating facts about sound. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. Jody Krangle's backstory up to the present moment is fascinating. She's been a voice actor since 2007 with clients from major global brands and a multitude of industries. But on her road uniquely traveled, she's done everything from selling computers before computers were cool, diving into the internet and internet marketing from very early on, becoming a singer, songwriter, performing recording artist, developing an award-winning songwriter resource called The Muse's Muse, and now has her own fascinating podcast that I highly recommend called Audio Branding. I'm going to ask her about all of it for you. So, Jody Krangle, welcome to All Things Vocal. Thanks so much for inviting me. <laughs> Did you set out when you were like a little girl to become a Renaissance woman? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I think that's one of those things that you kind of discover as you go through life and become multi-passionate, I guess. That's a good way to put it, multi-passionate. I like that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you know, I, I met you up through one of those um, spotted guest places or something. Yeah, it was spotted guest. But I uh, discovered that you are really into the power of sound in so many ways. So you've been researching and talking to thought leaders about this on your own podcast. I know mm -hmm. because I listen. <laughs> so uh, take us into some of the ways that you have uh, discovered that sound vibrations work. Well, um, a lot of what I talk about is more relating how sound influences us as it pertains to advertising and marketing. And a lot of the people that I talk about in that regard happen to be psychologists, scientists, people who use music to help influence our moods, um, you know, all sorts of really interesting people. And, you know, everyone from um, advertisers and marketers to uh, film uh, sound designers. And um, Oh, wow. And, and musicians and, and people who compose and even a hip-hop culture coach, which was really ah. fascinating. Yeah, so he uses hip-hop to instill confidence in the people that he coaches, which I think is fantastic because music influences our moods. I've got a fascinating story myself about sure. that. I had an, a psychologist actually contact me mm -hmm. and say he was trying some creative ways to help his patient. And one of the issues with, that his patient was having is he hated the sound of his own voice. Oh, and yeah. I had a funny feeling that what he hated was the feeling of his own voice. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I actually was talking to him in the waiting room before we all went into the session. And I, I noticed that he had a kind of a, just a thin, a tight throat and, mm -hmm. you know, the breathing was high and all the kinds of things that make for a, a tinny, thin sound. So not only did it not sound good to his ears, it didn't feel good coming out of his throat. Yeah. So anyway, what I did was I had him pretend he was a hip hop artist. 
and talk like that, make all this, you know, the physical motions like that. And it worked. Yeah. It cured him. (laughs) It cured cured him of hating his voice. And he was just like, oh, this old white man, you know, and and definitely (laughs) never done anything like that. So, wow, you, you really got something there. That makes me want to ask you a little bit more. What have you learned uh, about the power of sound for health and pain relief and healing uh, like that? Because uh, I know some of our listeners might be interested in uh, music therapy occupations. Sure. Yeah. Now, I mean, just to specify here, I am not a uh, psychologist or scientist or anything like that. I just happen to, (laughs) you know, played one on TV kind of. (laughs) Yeah, basically. I've talked with a lot of people who do that kind of thing. And one of the things that they've mentioned specifically, um, I was just talking with a fellow named Steve Keller a little while back. He's the sonic strategy director at Pandora. And um, fascinating guy. And he he has a psychologist background and musician as well and loves the advertising marketing end of things. So he's kind of melding it all into one that he calls audio alchemy. (laughs) It's kind of fascinating. audio alchemy. Yeah. He calls himself an audio alchemist. I love that. Um, So the the point of his um, studies, and he was doing white papers with other scientists that were actually being published in scientific journals, he was doing some research on how the sounds in a hospital can help people feel better um, quicker, how the sounds that the staff are hearing all the time is stressing them out. And yeah, I mean, you're hearing all these beeps and and alarms and stuff going on Mm -hmm. and everybody talking at once and all of this. It's very, it's a stressful environment. It's not just a stressful environment for the patients. It's also a stressful environment for the people who are the healthcare workers. So there's a lot that goes into this. Um, Yes, you could project soothing music or sounds over a PA or whatever you need to do. Um, I think they've tried this in various locations and it has worked really well. Um, but, uh, but also you can use sound to influence the way that you taste, which is... Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. So think about this. If someone has diabetes and they like the taste of sweet, but they can't really have it, you can have a sound or a piece of music or something playing that will make them experience their food sweeter. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Boy, it's that pretty could cool. go into what you want to play in your restaurant. Yes, definitely. And what you play when you want to sell a certain type of product. For instance, right. he also right. has done a lot of studies on the type of music that you play in a retail setting. So, for <laughs> instance, um, I, I think he, he spoke about this. I don't know if he did it himself. It was a, a, a journal study that was done where they played French music in a place where they sold French wine. And they sold more French wine, like almost <laughs> 70% more. And then, Oh, my goodness, yeah, 70%? It's huge. And then they played German music, and they would sell more German wine. Like, oh it's just, we are so influenced by what we hear. It just, it permeates everything, and it gets right to our hearts really fast. And to back up a little bit with what you were just saying in the healthcare setting, that mm-hmm. uh, I've got two brother-in-laws that are doctors and a, a sister who's a nurse practitioner, and had my own surgical experiences. Mm. But I know that uh, surgeons play music in the operating room while they're operating, and it's according yes. to the surgeon's personality what kind of music gets played. 
Very true. Yeah, that was mentioned in the journal as well, actually, in the scientific paper. Yeah, that the doctors would decide what music they wanted to play and that, um, you know, the music that they decided to play made them better at what they were doing. Wow. I'll give you another example I know about because I had a student uh, that did this. Actually, she was uh, a CEO of a big corporation and just felt like that was not her calling. Mm -hmm. She just hated what she did. She went from CEO head, uh, head of this company to a frame drum artist. I don't know if you know what those are, but it's a, it's a drum head on a frame, on a frame. Yeah, Yeah. And what she does is she hums across it and moves it across patients uh, who are in hospice. And it soothes pain and soothes uh, anxious spirits and things like that. And she's like got a thriving business that, that does that. Wow, and and in other ways too, and uh, you know, in other sick person settings, she uses it as music therapy. Yeah, well, I imagine in uh, hospice, the the soothing sounds of music are way more important than, you know, beeps and and alarms on machines oh, that yeah. are attached mm-hmm. to you. You know, at that point, you're like, you just want to end it well. <laughs> exactly, and there's a power in sound that has to do. It's not like do 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 stuff it's it's like really it's vibrations it's physical sure uh it's vibrations and how vibrations affect tissue mm-hmm. and in fact when i listen to someone else's voice my vocal apparatus is configuring itself to what the speaker's vocal apparatus is doing so that's the way we can mime to learn new styles we can mime to learn accents, to learn uh, tone that we want to incorporate from another voice and all that because uh, the vibrations from that voice are vibrating in our own body so Mm -hmm. that our body knows what they're doing. It's wild. And the other thing is you put two voices together and one plus one is more like 13 because <laughs> like like wood in a, uh, an orchestra, when one violin plays with another violin, they vibrate each other's wood. So can you tell me a little bit more about the things you've discovered about vibration itself? Uh, vibration. Um, well, I mean, everything that we hear is a vibration. We're interpreting it in our own heads. So it's not actually, we're not actually hearing a sound. And there was another a fellow that I did an interview with named uh, Maury Zelkovich. And he does, uh, he's a brainwave entrainment specialist, which is really, really fascinating. Um, so it's a lot like binaural beats. I've started using those. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. He has his own method of doing it. I think his thought on this is that if you're hearing a different sound in each ear, that your Mm -hmm. brain is working too hard. And so he's kind of um, melded it into one thing that is like a binaural beat, but not quite the same thing. Ah, So, yeah, so he's just doing a lot of uh, interesting um, studies Does he have an app on that yet? I don't know that there's an app. Um, you can definitely look up his uh, information off of my show notes on audio branding. And we'll do that. Yeah, he definitely has some interesting information to offer. But yeah, there's lots. Vibrations are are huge. And it's all about the interpretation of how our brains process it. Even when someone says that they don't like their voice... I don't know that it's actually the sound of their own voice. It's the vibration in their own head uh-huh. and the way that they hear it when they hear it recorded, mm-hmm. which is being interpreted by two different things, you know? Right. So, yeah. 
Right. I've got these hearphone gadgets that I use with my students a lot mm -hmm. so that they're not shocked at the sound of their own voices because, you know, of course, they, unless they hear it recorded, they don't really know what they sound like. Yeah. You can hear it instantly back with these earphones with the little pieces that jut out from the side and, mm -hmm. and people can see that on my website. By the way, for our listeners, binaural beats are a sleep sort of, uh, well, they can be used for more than sleep. Mm -hmm. they can be used to, to make you more alert and things like that. I've been using them. I swear they've been helping me sleep deeper, but mm -hmm. it's an app. You put it in both ears and your ears hear something different. So it's fascinating to me that your guy has discovered something even better than that. It is wild how your brain puts vibrations together in the same way your eyes put pixels together totally, in yeah. creative ways. And interestingly, ASMR kind of feeds into that. What is that? I, I saw that acronym and didn't know what it was. I, I'm going to have to look it up because I can never <laughs> remember exactly what the definition of it is. But the um, idea of it is that, uh, okay, what is... That was a pop quiz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm uh, Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. That's what Ooh, it is. No wonder okay. you can remember. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I had to look it up. <laughs> um, but the idea being that it is a series of soft sounds, taps, crinkles, mm. crackles, um, manipulation of objects, whispering, mouth noises, things like that, that give you a what's, I guess, you know, just unclinically called a brain tingle. <laughs> um, wow. so, so it is kind of, for a lot of people, it helps them calm down if they're a little anxiety ridden. Uh, it helps people sleep again, like binaural beats. And uh, that kind of a thing can be really helpful as well. And there's like a whole bunch of people who they call ASM artists who are oh, wow. on YouTube who have a whole bunch of videos that do these things. So it's like tapping their nails on hard objects and manipulating beads of wood or like uh, crinkling wow. um, paper or, you know, often they'll have two microphones, one for the left ear and one for the right ear. And, you know, they'll whisper one into the other. And people find this very relaxing. And I did a whole podcast on this. And I actually do get the brain tingles when I listen to this. So how does one learn to do that? Uh, to do the actual ASMR art. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think you just kind of have to watch it done uh, and then decide what your triggers might be and then sort of go with that. I know it's all very soft and relaxing and not fast generally, mm -hmm. uh, although, you know, everyone has di different triggers. So it depends on what yours are. But yeah, it's mm. it's really fascinating. Our brains are weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And you know, what is an artist, a music artist, other than someone who does audio branding? I've just never mm -hmm. thought of it that way. But yeah. you want to brand your voice to where uh, when somebody hears your song come on, you don't sound like everybody else. Yeah. Well, not only that, but everyone has their own unique style. And when you are hearing a description, put it this way, the way that I describe audio branding is a sound short form for people to recognize you. So 
for instance, with Intel, I know you know that sound, right? Dun, sure. Dun, 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 right? Okay. So when mm-hmm. you heard that, every time you saw it in a tech commercial, it was coupled with the words quality inside. Ah, and and, and unconsciously, so unconsciously, I don't know if you even recognized it. I, I know I didn't. No. But unconsciously, every time we heard that sound, we were being told that sound is quality. That sound equals quality. Right. Wow. So now all we have to do is hear that dun, 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 and we think quality. Right. <laughs> we know what Intel is. We think quality. It's that it's that emotional sound short form that just gets to your brain in like a second. And wow. it takes consistency and time to make that happen. So it's not an immediate thing, but if you are intentional with it and you keep it up and you're consistent with it, eventually, you know, da 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 da. Like we all know that sound, right? Sure. Like right? doesn't it equate with like fun and McDonald's, right? But there's that emotional fun, right? Right. <laughs> so it's it's right. that short form that just reaches us no matter what language we speak, too. It doesn't matter. I did seven years as a staff jingle singer. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And the thing to do is create something that musically fit somehow mm-hmm. yes. the product that you were trying to sell. Exactly. And it. so as a voiceover artist, that takes me into wanting to ask you about your your main day job to, right now, which is <laughs> sure. the world of voiceover. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you like about it? What are the challenges? I love that I get to be behind the scenes and yet influence <laughs> the final product. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't need to be. I don't need to be on camera. No one needs to see my face. I don't need to be famous. No one, you know, needs to know who I am. I just get to work with very cool people who are doing very cool things, and. I get to help put the pretty bow on that lovely project cake. <laughs> uh, and you don't have yeah. to wear makeup. Exactly. You know. <laughs> I don't need pants. <laughs> you you know? don't need like lights, camera, action. Yeah. As I mean, that's that's part light. of it. Yeah. yeah, that's part of it. But I've always loved using my voice. Like when when my parents raised my sister and I, we never had story time. We had sing-along time. My, my dad played guitar and my mom sang. And they would have my sister and I sit on the bed and sing with them before bedtime. Like that was, yeah. that was our thing. I was thing. raised that way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... So for me, using my voice has always been something I wanted to do right right from the beginning, even before I knew voiceover existed. I was singing before, you know, almost before I could talk. <laughs> so, Do you remember your first voiceover? Yes, I do, actually. Um, what was I, it? I did a documentary. It was World War II, and it was about Kodachrome pictures being taken by the fellow who was producing this. His father had been in the war and he was stationed on Saigon in the South Pacific. And so he was taking Kodachrome pictures around that time. So these are like color photos in World War II. And it was really, really cool. And one of the pictures that he took, they think might have been Amelia Earhart's plane. So, yeah, so it was, and I mean, never proven, just like a mystery, but she went down somewhere in the South Pacific and no one knows where exactly. And so 
you know, they're thinking maybe she ended up on this island. And yeah, it was just, it was a fascinating project. And yeah, it was like the first paid job I ever did. <laughs> it was great. How cool. Yeah. My first national jingle, or my first jingle was a national jingle for Gino's Pizza Logs. Okay. I never ate one. <laughs> so I can't. So how is the voiceover world doing? I have a feeling it's doing a lot better than the, the singing commercial world, which mm. used to, to have singing ditties over every product in the universe. Mm -hmm. But now they don't have the musical commercials so much, but voiceover is over everything. So the field must be doing pretty well. I think it's doing okay. Part of the issue, I think, with jingles is that it's another layer of removal from you and your client. Uh, if that's if that's a oh maybe that's a strange way of putting it, but I think these days people are very concerned with authenticity, and so that whole no BS thing, and jingles. I hate to say it, jingles sound like BS to them. Yeah. So no, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just kind of. I think also that's the same issue with uh, movie trailers, because they don't they ah. don't have movie trailer voices a whole lot anymore. They do when they're promoting DVDs or like you know online streaming services and stuff like that, or yeah. you know trying to tell people on the radio to check out a new show. They still have those, but in the theater, you really won't find a lot of trailer voices talking um, alongside the trailers that happen in the movie theater. Interesting. And mm -hmm. I think again, it's that they don't want to be the audience doesn't want to be removed from what's happening. You know, mm -hmm. they don't want that mm -hmm. layer extra. They just want to be in there. Yeah. So our BS sensors have gone up uh, with all the manipulation that can occur. Yeah. We've become a little bit more sophisticated about it. And that's not a bad thing. No, I don't think so at all. And I think the general mood of things is sort of changing right now, too, because of what we're all dealing with, you know, right. all being social distancing and things like that. Exactly. Um, In the age of COVID-19. Yeah. So when things get a little unsteady and uncertain, I think people go to different types of voices. They want the warm and comforting again. They want the mm -hmm. authoritative but being approachable kind of thing again, mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, the upspeak and the vocal fry, you know, <laughs> which used to be so popular. Right. I mean, right. it still is. Oh, my gosh. It still is. There, there still are products who love that kind of thing. And I'm certainly not saying anything against any of them. But, but I think a lot like when we come through a crisis or when we're going through a crisis, we want comfort. Yeah. And I, I think the, the voices and the music are going to start to reflect that. Okay, so what about brand new world, at least relatively speaking, because it didn't exist not too long ago, <laughs> the world of gaming. Gaming. Ooh. I, honestly, I don't know a whole lot about it. <laughs> I know there's little voice sounds over all of those games oh, totally. that people are playing yeah. now in virtual reality. Oh, yeah. There are tons of voices that do uh, apps and, and video games and things like that. I'm not one of them, <laughs> but I uh, I totally admire those who do. It's Character voice oh, yeah, sort of thing. Totally, mm -hmm. yeah. So like animation is going to be huge too because people can't really gather to do a production anymore, right? <laughs> yes. So. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's another uh, wonderful thing about being a voiceover artist because you are kind of by yourself. Aren't yeah, you? it's true. I'm, I'm in my five by four sound treated booth talking to myself in my padded room. And <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in your virtual. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, besides being a voice actor, you're also an accomplished singer. 
That's very interesting to, to be able to be really good at both. And from your one sheet as, as a voiceover artist, I see that you've been working on your artistic definition. And I don't know if it's always been that way or if it's just kind of morphing that way. But you uh, you say that you do filk music. Yes. I had never heard of that. What is that? Well, I am a card-carrying geek. <laughs> ah, card-carrying oh, yeah. geek. I love oh, yeah. it. Um, and what that is, is it's actually a misprint from a stencil. Do you remember like way back oh. in like the 70s, <laughs> like the 60s and 70s? They oh, had yeah. Stencils. I remember those. Okay. So science fiction fantasy conventions would happen all over everywhere and yeah. uh, and they would often have music tracks at these conventions that would be in a separate room or some other place you know removed from everybody else cuz huh. um and i think what they meant was folk at the time oh. but in in the printout that they put in this pamphlet that they would give out to everyone who came to the convention so like a program book right they they put filk by accident i think um and i'm not sure who's attributed to this specifically but i think it was a stencil error so that's originally oh my god yeah so it it's science fiction fantasy related music so media books tele like television film you know self-made stuff uh dungeons and dragons you know all of that anything that had to yeah. do with mm -hmm. anything that was science fiction or fantasy related music that had to do with that. Originally, it was folk music because of the time, but it's graduated to a whole bunch of different types of music. And now there are actually conventions that are devoted specifically to that type of music. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wild. Talk about your niche genre. Well, yeah. I was doing that in 1994, though. Like, I've had a, a, a band, <laughs> uh, a three-person band, acoustic, um, with uh -huh. myself and two other very talented ladies who have been doing this since, like I said, 1994. And uh, we don't do a whole lot anymore because it's quite a number of years later. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, we put out a tape and two CDs and we still perform every once in a while. Would, you know, there was actually a convention coming up in the next two weeks, three weeks that has been canceled since, unfortunately. Oh, wow. mm -hmm, um, sure. And we would have yeah. been performing there. But yeah, it's it's just something we keep up with. It's fun. When I when I read it, I thought, oh my gosh, you, you'd be very interested in this. You are in Canada, aren't yes. you? Yes. Yeah, I am. I'm north of Toronto. Have you watched the, now on Amazon, but have you watched the series The Expanse or heard about it? I've heard it? about it. I haven't watched it. My husband is a diehard fan. He loves it. <laughs> okay, guess what? Yeah. I have a song in it. I have a song in it. Oh, cool. I have a song in, in episode five last Awesome. Week. It didn't happen till the very end of the episode. And my husband and I were like just lying on the couch, vegging <laughs> out and watching The Expanse. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the beginning of the this song came on and I screamed. <laughs> <laughs> because I knew it was I knew it was being considered, mm -hmm. but I didn't know it was actually on until I That's heard it. awesome. So yeah. congratulations. Yeah, a little bit of mailbox money. Yeah, too. well, you know, any kind of licensing. Uh, but what's funny is you wouldn't think of this as science fiction because what it was is from the album that John and I did in 2015. It was the first single called something like mm -hmm. that. And it's kind of a funky Americana sort of like, but it's got a cool guitar riff, mm -hmm. which our son's started it with so it sounds sort of americana folk country kind of ish 
with a, an acoustic guitar kind of bass to if it. If that's the feel basis to that it. they wanted for the scene. And so one of the one of the uh, one of the characters is into, and your husband would know who it was, but he's into what they call ancient country. Music. Okay, yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much to my husband's chagrin, uh-huh. because my husband's is classically uh, a classical uh, percussionist in Memphis <laughs> before he started doing mostly uh, drums on other kinds of things, but being classically based, him thinking of himself as ancient country. <laughs> but you know what? We we cried ourselves to the bank. So oh, that's yeah, right. <laughs> you gotta love that. Yeah. Licensing music is where it's at. That's how uh, artists are going to make some money. Yeah. I mean, it's licensing music. It's hard yeah. otherwise. It's also how they're going to become known. People will look up if they like something well enough. There wasn't enough of this song that was played in that scene to <laughs> really... Cause, cause a groundswell for that <laughs> album and us, but they still have to pay you to use it. <laughs> yeah, if, and if you get a theme song mm-hmm. or something like that, or you get a significant song or a significant scene, then people are going to look you up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, my friend, what do you do when your internet is down? Oh my goodness, cry. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. (laughs) I seriously would have a chip in my head if I could. Like, it's (laughs) unbelievable. I'm like on the internet all the time. And I'm not just talking social media. Like, (laughs) just, I can't help it. It's like, it's my, it's my left arm. (laughs) If if I have a question that comes up in my brain, Mm -hmm. what do I do? Go to Google. I mean, you know, what would Google say? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Okay. So let me ask you another question couple of questions here. What is your favorite throat soother when you're feeling a little funky and you still have to perform? Um, Tea with maybe a little bit of whiskey. (laughs) That could help your mood too. It helps a lot. (laughs) All right. Well, you know what? You can always try a little water and pineapple juice. I could. Uh, I may have told you You about that, but it's really great for soothing your throat. You could maybe add a little whiskey with that. It was Maybe taste like a different sort of screwdriver. Yeah, I don't know. it would be interesting. <laughs> well, but you did tell me that I could water it down quite significantly. Oh, yeah. So, uh, like four or five parts water. Yeah, and, so and it could be a... like warm pineapple whiskey tea. <laughs> exactly. 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 Put a little mint leaf in it. Maybe. You're all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let me ask you this, because I got to actually meet you at a wonderful little dinner mm-hmm. When you came to Nashville, not all that long ago, before the world changed here. (laughs) And it was so, so cool to meet you and some of your other friends in the voiceover community. Mm -hmm. How important do you find it, especially since you're alone a lot, really, in in doing what you do, for career vocalists of all kinds? And artists are alone, too. They know three billion people. But, you know, sometimes it feels very lonely to be that popular. Yeah. How important do you feel it is for vocalists to have a community around them? Oh, my goodness. It's huge. Um, I, I have to say that part of the things that keep me sane right now are the fact that my voiceover colleagues are regularly arranging things like Zoom chats and helping. Oh, yes. Yeah. And helping other people get their uh, home studios in order. I mean, I'm lucky that I've had a home studio that works really well and is remotely able to be reached you know, Source Connect, IPDTL, ISDN, all of the classic ways that you would need to record a voice artist. Um, I've had these for years and I've had this booth for years, but there are lots of my colleagues who live in major city centers who have never had to worry about it until now. 
You know, they just go Mm -hmm. to a regular studio in New York or L.A. or Chicago and even Toronto, you know, like Toronto's a major city center for that, too. And most of the people in the downtown core expected that if you got a job, you went into that studio to do the job. Right. And now we can't do that. So lots of people are, you know, finding themselves suddenly having to get a really good home studio together and my colleagues are stepping up. They're helping each other. They're making sure that everyone can get through this. And lots of people in the industry are donating their time to help people get up and running. And in yeah, and it's just, it's really heartwarming to see, um, Mm -hmm. not just because of the information that's being freely shared, but because it's a companionship. Like we're all in this together. So, you know, we're all willing to pitch in and and help each other out. And it's really great. I mean, that's only in the voiceover industry. I'm sure the same thing is happening in the the vocal industry. Yeah, I'm not sure to the same degree, though. It's, It's kind of an isolation sort of thing, you know, especially with artists that have been on the road. Oh, yeah, that's uh, tough. They're... Their community is pretty much their road crew mm-hmm. and their label personnel and all that. And, of course, uh, th- that's all come to a standstill. All the session singing in Nashville, you know, where they do go into mm-hmm. the studios, they don't, session singers don't have their own studios. And, yeah. and they're usually singing, you know, with somebody else or often singing with someone mm-hmm. else. You know, the, the musicians here. I, I'm recommending to everybody that is boiled down to three things, which is live through it. you got to. Really up your up your health practices and you know your protective practices mm-hmm. and all that. Then create and learn. Boy, is this a good time to create or what? Yeah, we have time. Or train and discover new yeah. things. You know, become Renaissance people. Well, we were so <laughs> rushed. You know, before before oh, yeah. all this happened, like I just something was going to happen. I didn't expect this would happen. <laughs> I don't think anyone yeah. did, but but we all needed to take a collective breath. And just step back yeah. for a second and get off the hamster wheel because <laughs> it was just Agreed. going faster and faster and faster. And now we have some time to breathe in our own homes um, yes. and, and maybe a little bit of time to reassess. And while we're doing that, the earth is healing. So it's like Mother Nature. Isn't that the truth? Mother Nature yeah. sent us to our rooms for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You've been bad. Go to your room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there really are. I mean, there are no dolphins in, in the canals of Venice, but there are all kinds of wildlife coming back and birds mm-hmm. and, and things that haven't been seen in a long time in all kinds of cities. That's the truth. Well, because we're not driving around. That can inspire yeah. us maybe to do better by tending the garden we've been yes. given. And then the last thing that I think is so important for us to do is be useful. That's another thing we get to slow down mm-hmm. and do and think about is like, I do have time to call my mother. Yeah. I do have time to, to reach out to people I haven't talked to in a long time and see how they're mm-hmm. doing and try to figure out how I can be useful instead of being so ridiculously busy. So there's so much we can do. We have to figure out how to financially get through yeah. it and uh, you know get through it with our health. But I think, I don't think, I know it's going to end. Mm-hmm. And so we can all look forward to when things start up again. And like you say, perhaps we can do that with a little more wisdom and compassion and, and things mm-hmm. can be actually better in the end. So, Yeah, 
I will say for for musicians, this is a really great time for them to reach out to their fan base because people want to see you on your phone. They want to see you being you, right? They just want to get to know you. So if you're authentic and genuine with the people who love your music and you put out a song or you just do a a Facebook Live or Mm -hmm. something like that and connect with people, they're going to connect back. And I think that this is going to be a real renaissance for musicians because we've been rushing around and doing all of this stuff and not getting paid. Like, really, (laughs) genuinely, like, musicians are not paid what they should be paid. And it's really hard. It's hard in general to get paid, you know, for what you do, right? And I think now people are starting to realize this is worth paying for. You know, even if it's just, you know, like a dollar a performance, if there's 500, you know, or 500,000, like then you're going to make some actual money for what you're doing, you know, and we can do that. We can. And we don't have to we don't have to lease a tour bus or or pay for gas. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and musicians shouldn't have to beg for this. They're. You know, they're offering a a good service to people who need it, especially now. Yes, I'm totally in agreement. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I knew it would be, and it has been fascinating to talk to you, Jody. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me on here. I appreciate it. Where can people find you and find your podcast and find your work? Uh, My voiceover work is at voiceoversandvocals.com or jodycrangle.com will work as well. And my podcast is at audiobrandingpodcast.com. Pretty simple. (laughs) All of that in the podcast notes, guys. So all those links will be there. Thank you so much, Jody, again. You are awesome. I look forward to keeping in touch with you. Thank you. Did you like that? Please go to ratethispodcast.com slash ATV and leave your review. I appreciate it very much. This is Judy Rodman. You can always find me at judyrodman.com. Thanks for listening to All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers. 